I just. Poop it. Shoot it. Episode three. Did you hear about that Bigfoot? I heard this crazy story, this crazy story from our friend Durham here about Bigfoot. Can you explain what you think you saw, Durham? Any fucking second, Durham. I'm counting. That's okay, so the big discredit to my story is how old I was. How old were you when this happened, Durham? I was in sixth grade. So you were, what, 11, 12? Something like that. Okay. So, we went on this field trip, and we went to a buffalo jump. Uh, For our viewers that don't know what that is, can you explain that? Okay. So, a buffalo jump is where I live on the plains. A lot of the Indians in the area used to build these triangles on top of bluffs. And then they would herd the buffalo through these through this triangle and over the cliff. Okay. To kill them, and then they'd go down and harvest the meat. Right on. So we went to go do this field trip at a buffalo jump, and we went back into the museum for a lecture, and my friend and I were sitting next to a window, and I wasn't paying attention to what the lecturer was saying, because I was staring out the window, and I saw a figure walking down the side of this bluff, that from how, like, distance-wise and everything into account, there's no way that this thing was, like, the size of a normal human. Like, it had to be, like, eight, nine, maybe ten feet tall. Really? Yeah, it was It was ginormous. How far away were you, though? We were quarter mile, half a mile. And you could see that... It was tall as fuck, like... And wow. slightly disproportionate for a human. Like, it had really long arms. Interesting. Did you tell anybody what you saw? Oh, I told my friend that was sitting next to me, and she, she, she saw it, saw it too. Oh, wow. And when she and I were watching it, like, we saw it pick up something off the ground. It looked like a rock, and just kind of, like, chucked it out of the way. But the rock was, like, a third of its body size. So it was like a boulder. You, like, just picked up a boulder and just tossed yeah, it. Yeah, like essentially, it like, a massive rock, and just, like, tossed it off to the side, like, wow. nothing. And then it kept walking and started going around the backside of the bluff. Wow. I mean, did, like, did anybody say, that, like, hey, this place is known for, like, Bigfoot sightings <laughs> or anything? No? No. Crazy. Wow. So, just because you were 11 or 12, you think that you, it was something else, maybe? Well, at first, at first I kind of dismissed it. Like, I didn't dwell on it. And then a couple years later, I actually, I thought of it, like, off the top of my head. And I went and asked my friend. I was like, hey, do you ever remember, like, seeing a figure walking down the side of the buffalo jump? And she was like, yeah, I remember that. That was so weird. So. Well... In that part of the country, is there any chance that it could have been, like... I doubt a bear would pick up a rock like that, but I've heard stories of black bears can actually walk on their hind legs for, like, long distances, and a lot of times that's what people see and they think it's Bigfoot. We do have a, a large, like, bear population and different types of bears, and they, ha- they, like, they are known to walk on their hind legs every once in a while, but I've never seen a bear pick up a rock. Yeah, that would be, uh... That'd be a, a little weird. Yeah. Well, we have our friend Sweeney here with Hi. us. 
Have you ever seen any type of weird thing like that? Like Durham's Bigfoot story? No. Any, anything odd? No. No? Nothing ever weird in New England, Boston area? No, New, New England, Boston area is really cool. Super normal. Super normal. <laughs> Not like Montana. Montana. Yeah. Well, do you have anything else to share, Durham? Like any ghost stories? I feel like Montana would have a bunch of like oh, crazy ghost stories. Oh, I have a ton stories. of ghost stories. Well, we have a <laughs> decently long podcast, so let's uh, we can we can keep going if you'd like. Okay, so my first ghost story. I was. <laughs> I was like, I think I was three and a half or so, and. It was like a Saturday morning or something, and my mom came out into the living room, and I was already up and in the living room, and I had, she had heard me talking, which is what woke her up, and so she came out to the living room, and she goes, who were you talking to? And I went, oh, I was talking to Grandma. And she goes, oh, Grandma called? I went, no, I was talking to Grandma. She was here. And obviously that wasn't true, because my grandparents didn't live in the same town. And so she thought I was just, like, making it up. And I said, Grandma says that Grandpa's going to be okay now, and you don't have to worry anymore. And then I just kind of went back to playing, and my mom goes, wait a minute, what? And I was like, Grandma said I have to tell you that everything's okay, and you don't have to worry. And she goes, Grandma Mary said this? I went, no, my other grandma. Grandma Nikki said this? No, my other grandma. And How many grandmothers do you have? I actually didn't know until I was probably 10 or 11, that my mom's birth mom died when she was in her early 20s. Monday's a holiday. I know. Uh, Hold on. And we're back. All right, go ahead and finish your ghost story. So I, I didn't find out until I was 10 or 11 that my mom... My One mom. quick commercial break. <laughs> Somebody doesn't do the other. And we're back. H3 Durham, go ahead and continue your ghost story. So I didn't know until I was 10 or 11 that my mom's birth mom died when she was in her early 20s. Oh, wow. So there was no way that I would have known that I had another grandma. Because as far as I was concerned, I only had two grandmas growing up. So yeah, that was my, that was my first experience with a ghost. Did it scare you? Like, later on in your life? Like, while I spoke to a ghost? No. Okay, and then you said you had a few more ghost stories? Yeah. I've not, I wish I had some. I really don't know. I have one, but it, I wouldn't really consider it a ghost story. What is it? Well, yeah, this is difficult, but, um, I don't think I've ever even said this in here. When I was 18, my dad passed away. So, I don't know if you've ever sat on a couch before. and Obviously, you've slept on a couch, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm doing it right now. Nice. <laughs> All right. So, I was sleeping on a couch. My father was in, a, in the hospital because he had suffered a really major stroke. And I was sleeping on the couch. And... I don't know if anybody's ever done it to you, but you ever slept on a couch and somebody sits on the couch, you can kind of feel that couch kind of lean towards wherever the person's sitting at. And you yeah. can kind of feel your body yeah. lean that way. Well, I felt that. But there was no And there was nobody there. I was in my sister's house by myself. 
everybody else was at the, uh, the hospital. I had been up for like a good 36 hours, so I didn't want to need some sleep. And uh, I felt that feeling, and it was, you know, real enough that it kind of woke me up. I was still like half asleep, but I could still feel that something was sitting there. And I got a phone call later saying that, hey, they, they pulled the cord. Aww. So that was that story. Really, uh, now that I look back at it, it was pretty kind of comforting because it makes me feel like, yeah, there's people out there that are still looking out for you in, in the afterlife. I think but so. I'd like to believe that. Like he was coming to say goodbye? Possibly, yeah. But I, actually, you know what? There was another story that I have that was the same thing revolved around the death of a family member. It was my grandmother. And uh, my grandmother lived in this little, little town in Arizona called Safford. It's an old mine town, about maybe half an hour away from Tucson. And she didn't live in a very big house, and there was a lot of family there. So a lot of, you know, obviously the kids had to, like, bunk up together. So me and my little cousin were in the same bed, and it was a, it was one of those sun beds where there was, like, a bed underneath the bed that mm -hmm. pulled out. Mm -hmm. So... I was in one of the, we were sleeping in that we were on the top the top bunk I guess you can call it or the real mattress and I wake up to go pee I was maybe couldn't have been older than six because I think I was just in first grade and I get up to go use the bathroom and there's a woman standing at the foot of the bed old woman not my grandmother which was which is, this is what made me nervous it was my grandmother. Not my grandma. So I laid back down. I was pretty scared, and I pulled the blanket over my head. And when I did that, I looked to my right, and I noticed my cousin was wide awake, too. And she whispered to me, is she still there? And I was like, I didn't want to say yes, because I didn't want... Because that just clicked to me that there is something there. I thought maybe it was still sleeping, I was still dreaming or something. And I was like, yeah, she's still there. She's been there for like an hour. I was like, okay. So, I don't know if you've ever been this scared where you can't really scream, you don't know what to do, you're just like in shock. Well, that was what kind of like I felt, but at the same time I felt like this motivation to fight back for some reason. I think it was just to protect my cousin, even though she was older than me. So I just jumped out of bed, sprinted. Probably, I think I stepped on my uncle who was sleeping on the mattress below me. Cause I'll, but it, I'm sure it didn't hurt that bad, depending on where I stepped on him. But <laughs> I just tore out and I flipped the light switch and the lady disappeared. So I guess I do have a ghost story of this. I'd consider <laughs> a ghost story. But what's, uh, how about another one from you, Durham? JJB! Oh, selfie, that's cool. <laughs> selfie during the podcast, aren't you? Classy. <laughs> Well, you know, it's audio, so they don't know we're doing a selfie unless you say something. Yeah, way to break the illusion. So when I get in on this. What? <laughs> Stop recording. We're doing the podcast. Snapchat. Don't worry. We can edit it later. I'm sorry. Okay. With what software? Exactly. Thank you. I'm using fucking Samsung Notes. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't know that they until do now. now. <laughs> okay, so ghost story number two, Darren? So, I don't have alien stories. I had imaginary friends when I was growing up, like, way longer than most kids had imaginary <laughs> what friends. What if your podcast, like, just died, like, wasn't even recording any of this? And my <laughs> my mom, like, never even questioned it, that I actually was making, like, I was going to preschool and making real friends, and I still had these imaginary friends. But the thing was, my imaginary friends were always trying to get me in trouble. How so? Like, they would do stuff that 
would make me feel like I was going to get in trouble or say stuff that would make me feel like I was going to get in trouble. And I scared the shit out of my mom on, on a Halloween day because we were all sitting around eating dinner. And I just, I was so fed up because I, in recent weeks, I had been getting really angry at my imaginary friends because they were, they were really misbehaving. And I like, I was eating and I just kind of stopped eating and I slammed my fork down on the table and I like whipped my head around to the side and I was like, stop it guys, I'm gonna get in trouble and then I won't go trick or treating. And I was, I was so angry at these imaginary friends of mine for misbehaving and then something in the kitchen fell. What was it? Did, it was- Like, did you ever find out what it was? It was a jar that was sitting on the counter. Like, it was like spaghetti sauce jar that my mom had left on the counter. And it like fell off the counter and broke. And my mom like just chalked it up to the cats, but we only had the one cat at the time. And she later found out that he had been trapped in my sister's bedroom. At that like, time? Like all day. Oh wow. Um so what did your mom end up doing? Did she she just didn't want to believe that it was anything paranormal, I guess. She... Like... My mom didn't really think too much into it at the time. It freaked her out, and, like, she kept an eye on me over the next couple of days, but that's about it. Wow. But she thought, she thought I had some sort of... Some sort of... I don't know, gift or curse or something. Because I was... She thought I was, like, drawn to paranormal things. Because I also talked about this little boy. And it... Like, the description that I gave fit the description of a little boy that, like, had drowned in the river. Like, 10, 20 years before. Like... Did you live, like, where, where, did you live pretty close to a river? Or? Well, we lived on the edge of town that was closest to the river. And, like, he was he was one of my friends that I made while I was playing in the backyard. Oh, so this was one of your imaginary friends? No, he wasn't He wasn't one of the troublemakers. The two troublemakers were, like, teenaged. I always described him as teenaged, and one had, one had red hair, and the other had... What was it? One had red hair and one had, I think, black hair or something like that. And that's all I would ever describe. Just the hair color. So you said you had imaginary friends longer than people should. Like, how long is how long was that? Like, I had them until, like, second grade. Wow. These two teenagers. Did you ever, like, do, like, any backstory or back history to see if maybe, like, these two teenagers, like, died on the road or something? Nope. Were spirits and that? Never looked into it. I thought about it, but... I don't. I don't know if I want the answer. Like, I'll just. I'll just chalk that up to some. Well, because I heard like a lot of spirits, or... they kind of gravitate to children because they're like pure. They don't really have any. They're more receptive. They're more receptive. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, when my nephew was couldn't have been more than a year old. I was uh just sitting there in the living room. My sister was holding him, like kind of like old, like you know how like people hold their babies when they're burping him. Mm-hmm. And he would go like this. He would, you know, he would reach his arms up, like if he was trying to ask somebody to pick him up while he was on the floor. But he was looking at the ceiling, doing this. 
so that really freaked my brother my brother-in-law out because he you know he's really into the whole spiritual you know spirits among us and mm -hmm. stuff like that so i really made him nervous but that's a pretty interesting story is interesting i also had a friend's house that i i went to sleep over at after one sleepover because I I scared well partially because her mom didn't want me coming back over because I scared her mom by saying that someone was trying to break into the house at like two three in the morning. Were they? No. Well, they didn't see anyone outside and they didn't like there was no signs. But I said there was this old guy outside the house and he was like trying to get in the doors. Were you messing around or did you actually no, see like, something? No, like I. I was pretty sure I saw something. I think I was six at the time. Wow. And they, they and just, not, like that's they not just, something that I would just tell somebody's parent at two I mean, or three. So there are morning. some kids that you know they cry wolf, they want attention, but if that's not what you were doing, that's pretty uh, pretty bone chilling. That was it was like out of my character, and I never like I never found out if it like actually was some old guy trying to get into the house or. If it was something else, or maybe just maybe just a nightmare, I don't know. I had no idea, but I I woke up because I was thirsty, and like I was in a, I was in a new place, and I wasn't just gonna go like into the kitchen. So I was trying to find her mom's room so that her mom would get me a glass of water. And that's that's when I saw him like outside the door, and then he was over by the window, and then he was. Um, like, I started, like, running towards her mom's room because I was getting freaked out. And then I saw him outside, like, the parents' bedroom window. And ever since then, she didn't let you back into the house? No, she, because, like, the mom thought that I was trying to scare her daughter or some weird shit like that. And I didn't want to go back over. Wow. Crazy. Well, living out there and like in the outskirts of the town, was there ever any like how do I say it? Like, I don't want to say witchcraft, but any like weird people out there that just did weird shit. We had a couple of weirdos, but not too many. Like I grew up in a really small town, so for the most part, everybody knew each other's business. Because uh, my, I have family that live kind of, you know, in that type of area. Obviously not up in Montana, but like in the southwest. Yeah. And like the UFO sightings are like all, for whatever reason, I don't know why, but the southwest seemed to be like the hub for like UFO stuff, like around like the 90s and even like the like the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. It was really, it always really creeped me out. I actually saw lights in the sky that weirded me out when I was, where was I? I think it was in Idaho, and we were visiting like a family friend, and we were outside around a campfire, and it was her daughter and I, and I, I don't know what it was, but there was like this flashing light, and it was standing really still. Because at first I thought it was a satellite that just was moving really slow. It was standing really still, and then it just kind of like shot off in one direction. 
Are you a believer that there's life forms out there? But... I think statistically it's impossible that we're the only life forms in the entire universe, but I have no definitive proof to say that there is other intelligent life forms. Well, in a way there is, because, you know, on all these Mars expeditions, they have found, like, bacteria, like, in the soils and Intelligent stuff. life like, be that as it may, like it's still another life form that's oh, yeah. from this earth. Yeah. So if there's, li- if there's that, if there used to be life on life, Mars, so they, yeah, that's what they believe. There's probably other intelligent life forms out there. What about those people that say there's civilizations on the like in the Earth's crust? In the Earth's that? crust? So they, yeah, that's what they say that there's civilizations like under... lizard people. Yeah, exactly, like stuff like that. I don't know about all that. Or just, for whatever reason, ever since, I don't want to say ever since Trump got elected, but ever since, like, this whole millennial stuff started happening, like, all these, you know, people wanting their own little, you know, piece of pop culture, I guess you can call it, you see people that think, like, the earth is flat. I don't know if you've seen these peeps, but they believe that uh, every uh, Apollo mission and every other space expedition that we've done is all fake. Prove it to me. Exactly. That, well, that's their argument as well, is that there's no proof that the Earth is even round. When all science from the beginning of time, pro- like, there's literally scientists, you know, that say it's kind of impossible for the Earth to not be flat. But You can actually prove we've been to the moon. How so? How, how can we prove that? So, if you go to the NASA website, on the original Apollo 13 mission, right, the one that made it to the moon, or was it Apollo 11? Apollo 11. Neil Armstrong, when he went onto the moon, he placed reflective, uh, reflective, uh, well, reflective discs on there on the moon, and with has their coordinates of the moon. So you can take a high-powered laser, shoot it at the moon. You'll hit the reflective discs and come back. Solid I proof. Not know that. Solid oh. proof that we've been to the moon. I never even heard of that. That's interesting. If that's true, then that's kind of de- debunks almost every video on YouTube of these people saying that we've never been to the moon. Which I don't really like. I don't see the like. Why would we lie about that? We the main the uh, most popular theory about why we lied about getting to the moon is so that way when we were in the Cold War with the Soviet Russia, we did this propaganda to get them to waste millions and millions and millions of dollars on their own space program. Even though they're the first ones to actually get a satellite into orbit. Yes, but how much more money did they waste because they tried to put a person on the moon? That's true. Well, you would think that the only people... I don't know. There's just... I don't see the benefit of lying about it. Yeah, but you can. If you got a high enough powered laser, you can shoot to the moon, and if you have the right equipment, and you can read the refraction coming back, you can prove that we went to the moon. Very interesting story. Or not even a story. If it's true, it's a, you know... Very interesting. I feel like this would be a lot better with more people at this table. Yeah, we were kind of dipped out. I know.
Well, that's the end of episode three. Um, I guess I'm going to label it as paranormal activity. Thank you for listening.